Section 19 of Captain Cook by Walter Besant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 11. His Death, Part 1. The Pacific, which loved to kill those who rested its secrets, was now to claim as a victim the great sailor who had fixed on the chart all the floating and uncertain islands seen by previous voyagers and had found so many more himself the story of his death is the most remarkable in the whole history of ocean disaster it was imperfectly told because imperfectly understood by king samwell and others who witnessed it the real explanation of the tragedy has been obtained from the people of hawaii themselves it will be found in the history of hawaii by manley hopkins hawaiian consul general let us tell the true story made possible by the traditions and recollections of the natives themselves mr hopkins states that in eighteen twenty three when mr ellis the missionary visited the island he found many still living who had been present at the murder or who remembered its occurrence i can corroborate this statement because i was myself assured of the fact by mr ellis himself somewhere about the year eighteen sixty five he not only informed me that he had conversed with men who had been present and had seen the thing done but he also gave me certain particulars concerning the murder which i unfortunately neglected to note to the best of my recollection however in hopkins book these particulars are all recorded the tale is one which the biographer would leave untold if possible but it cannot be neglected cook was killed who had shown a power of conciliation with the natives granted to no other navigator in these seas why those who first boarded cook's ships returned with astonishing reports the people on board had heads horned like the moon they carried fires burning in their mouths they ate the raw flesh of men this was the red watermelon if they wanted anything they took it out of their bodies and they voyaged as anybody could see on islands with high trees this was the report now a long time ago there lived on the island of hawaii lono the swine god he was jealous of his wife and killed her driven to frenzy by the act he went about boxing and wrestling every man whom he met crying i am frantic with my great love he instituted the athletic games known as the mahakiki in honor of his wife's memory and sailed away from the island for a foreign land ere he departed he prophesied i will return in after times on an island bearing coconut trees swine and dogs who should these strangers be but lono the great god lono come back again with his companions every one an immortal of the lesser kind when cook returned after a year's absence he first anchored in the bay of wailuhu on the northern shore of maui he arrived the day after a great battle in which the king of hawaii who had invaded the adjacent island was victorious to the victors it seemed now absolutely certain that lono himself the god of victories had come in person to add lustre to their triumph the news quickly spread all over the islands of the group when the ships anchored in the bay of kialakiakua it was in the middle of a week of taboo no ordinary avocations were to be followed no canoe must put out to sea 
No one must bathe, no one must be seen out of doors. There must be no light, no fire, no noise. Only the kings and priests, descendants of the gods, might move about as usual. It was at one of these awful periods that Cook arrived for the second time. He was received in silence profound. Yet so strong was the belief that he was none other than Lono himself that the taboo was instantly removed. Great numbers of the people went on board, among them a high chief named Palu and an old priest, who paid divine honors to the captain, throwing a red cloth over his shoulders and pronouncing a long oration. How far the English understood what was meant does not appear. Probably they took these ceremonials as simple proofs of friendship, but what followed could hardly be interpreted to mean simple friendliness or even respect. The people, in their anxiety to see the great god Lono, flocked by tens of thousands. There were three thousand canoes afloat on the bay at one time. When the captain went on shore, heralds announced his approach and opened a way for him through the crowds. As he moved, the assemblage covered their faces, and those nearest to him prostrated themselves on the earth in the deepest humility. As soon as Lono had passed, the people sprang up erect and uncovered their faces. The evolution of prostration and erection was found at last so inconvenient and to require so unwonted an agility that the practical-minded people found that they could best meet the case by going permanently on their hands and feet, and so at last the procession changed its character, and ten thousand men and women were seen pursuing or flying from Captain Cook on all fours. This would be only ridiculous, but what followed was more serious. King, who tells the story with all the details, certainly did not understand the meaning and the importance of the ceremonies. It is important also to note that neither Samwell in his account of the murder nor Gilbert knew anything about this wonderful function. The chief Koa, chief and priest, led Cook, who was accompanied by King and by Bailey, the astronomer, to a certain morai, or sacred place, formed by a square solid pile of stones, forty yards long, twenty broad, and fourteen high. The top was flat and paved, surrounded by a wooden rail, on which were fixed skulls of sacrificed captives. In the centre of this area stood a minor building of wood. On the side next the country were five poles, upwards of twenty feet high, supporting an irregular kind of scaffold. At the entrance were two wooden images, and beside the poles were twelve images ranged in a semicircle. They invited the captain to climb upon the scaffold, and there, having wrapped him in red cloth, they proceeded to offer him a hog, two priests performing a kind of service with antiphonal chants in honor of the god Lono. When the captain came down, he was invited to prostrate himself and to kiss a certain idol. This he apparently did without scruple. He was then placed between two wooden images of other gods. His face and hands were anointed with chewed coconut. He drank aiao, prepared by mastication, and ate pork, also masticated. On another occasion, he visited a second temple, where similar ceremonies were performed, and always afterwards, whenever he landed, a priest attended him. These ceremonies, according to King, so far as related to the person of Captain Cook, approached to adoration. 
End of section 19.